did you have to? Damn it. <laughs> so here's what happened as a proud <laughs> member of the But Why Though podcast community. <laughs> Carolyn. Hi, right, guys. It's been a while. It's Carolyn. <laughs> Yeah, and this is Nisha. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode. I hope you enjoyed my blooper in the beginning already. <laughs> Start things off. Starting 2019 off on the wrong foot, ain't I? I, I think we started on the right foot. We started off <laughs> laughing. I know. True. This is what I'm here for. I give y'all things to laugh about. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of So Here's What Happened. It has been a while. Like, after all the holidays and everything, Happy New Year, by the way, to you, Carolyn, and to our listeners. Happy New Year to you, too. Yes. So, with the new year here, we got some things we need to talk about still from December, the things we have watched, and how we feel about them. So... I'll kick things off with the book. Well, it's not really a book, but it still it still counts because I had to read. Um, it's a it's a web comic. It's titled Olympus Lore, and basically, here's a summary. It's witness what the gods do after dark: the friendships and the lies, the gossip and the wild parties, and of course, forbidden love. Because it turns out the gods aren't so different from us after all, especially when it comes to their problems. Stylish and immersive, this is one of myth mythology's greatest stories the taking of persephone as it's never been told before mm. so i really like it's on if you if anyone's interested it's on webtoons.com i love the style that it's drawn in the artist does this thing artist and author um her name is rachel smith uh, so she does this thing where like she has the world of like of the world of Olympus, like the world of the gods. It's it's based in our modern times. So you see Hades is like a corporate big wig person with like pinstripe suits, very sleek, and she like draws them with these angles, sharp angles. And then Persephone is like not drawn as a college student. She's young, she's the goddess of spring, and she's just like she's full of life. So it's like I like how it's just drawn that way. And then like when they're dealing with things that are going on in the human world, the human world is taking place in ancient Greece. So it's kind of weird. It's like the gods exist in like this modern world. They have laptops and smartphones and and convertibles. And then like if they do anything in the human realm, they go basically back in time. So I think that's a creative thing I like about it. Um, And another thing is I love Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. And and it's just I've never really cared that much about the stories that dealt with Hades. But at the same time, I I, like uh, first off, all the gods are trash. All, like of all of them. Not one of them has a redeeming quality. Who? And maybe, well, maybe I mean, Diana. Even, maybe Diana. But even Diana, then. Diana's... Didn't she curse? You know, no, I'm thinking of Athena. I mean, most of them are trash. Most of them. But and the trashiest most of, of all them are Zeus, trash. of course. It, pretty much. Zeus is a man whore. And, <laughs> um, and I mean, it's, it's a whole mess. But like that's the best thing about, like... Greek mythology is like all the drama, the stories is just like so great. So I kind of like this modern twist she gives it because like if anyone's familiar with the story Persephone, she's the goddess of spring, and the story goes that Hades takes her to uh, Tartarus to mm-hmm. make him make her make her his wife, and she's al- she's allowed to come back once a year during the springtime to bring spring, and that's how we have spring. Um, And this one's an interesting take on it because they meet at a party because Aphrodite's hating ass got jealous 
because Hades said Persephone, Persephone, I'm going to mess it up. Persephone Persephone. was better. He said Persephone's beauty was greater than Aphrodite. And y'all know Aphrodite is petty and very petty. Mm. And mm, especially. So she basically gets Persephone drunk, has her son Cupid, Eros, as y'all want to call him, whatever, um, has him put her in the car of Hades' car. And Hades finds her there as a practical joke. So she that kind of backfires because the whole thing is about them falling in love and like like this journey they go on with one another and all this other stuff. So I think it's really interesting. I like all the different spins. I like the modern twist on it. Um, it does deal with the subject of sexual violence because, again, it's a Greek mythology and there's sexual violence. Um Unfortunately, so I mean, just letting. But the author does a really great job of like giving people trigger warnings in the beginning. So I do appreciate that. So no one's going in blind or being surprised. So yeah, I hope y'all enjoy that and check it out. It's very. It's a brief read right now. It's at I believe forty eight chapters, but it's pretty quick to get through. Okay, so I have a question. So I've never read a webtoon. <laughs> But okay. I have watched a lot of shows that are based off of webtoons, like produ- um, particularly K-dramas. All the K-dramas are based off of webtoons. Mm. So for webtoons, yes. are they like books where, I guess uh, some of them have like series, right? Some of them are continuing serials, right? So is this one a serial or is it just like she does the story and she's done? Um, This one, it seems like it's a serial. So uh, it seems like from what I've learned from like reading through all her other her other work originally, this was just like a concept art she was working on. Mm. But like this story itself, like Olympus lore, she plans to like expand it to other stories eventually. But right now she's just working on the story of Persephone, the taking of Persephone. Um, So this one is definitely a serial. So there's a plot. It's a continuation. Her goal is that she wants to focus on other stories. Like she definitely does that. Like she's, it's really good at world building for as brief as the chapters are. Like the panels are big pages. Right. So there's maybe 10 to 12 panels per chapter, but it's just a really great job. Yeah. It's not bad at all. It's like, and it's really good at just building the story in such a brief amount of time and building out the world. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are, I do, I did find out that like some things are based, some, some series like TV series get based off of webtoons. And I didn't know that, but I think it's awesome because it gives an artist so much platform and like, you know, freedom with their work. It does. Um, which is kind of like what I like about, um, a lot of, a lot of the Asian shows cause they, a lot of Thai, Taiwanese shows, um, Thai shows, Japanese, mm-hmm. Chinese, um, Korean, a lot of them are based on webtoons. And I think it's really good because it helps to expand the platform and actually introduces people to webtoons because I didn't know about webtoons mm-hmm. until I started watching K-dramas. But, so I do have to ask though, for, for this particular, um, story about Persephone, what are the characters like? So like, are, is, are the characters like diverse racially and culturally or like, is it homogenous? Right. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta ask these questions in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So I'm going. Uh, I've been going a while. So what does homogenous mean in this sense? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, one race. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. All what? <laughs> oh no. So th- that's the thing. They're like so. Persephone's pink, and Hades is blue. Zeus is purple. So they're literally colorful. So, 
they're, yeah, they're, <laughs> yes. But there is a black woman. Like, so, spoiler. I mean, it's not really a spoiler because they're based off of Greek myths. But, like, Ero, there's the story of Eros, how he falls in love with a woman. Oh, okay. And he doesn't, he doesn't like, tell her who he truly is. Oh, the yeah. woman he falls in love with is a black woman. A black oh, okay. woman from ancient Greece. So, she's, like, this... Yeah, she's the princess. I can't remember this. I can't remember her name, but like she's um this princess. I'm like, oh, these feet. Like, but you can tell the features they she draws the characters with. Like, the characters are drawn with like you know that classic Venus shape, or like they're good. They're not like all one body type. Voluptuous and yeah, voluptuous, <laughs> as you say. Um, and it's yeah, but like no one's like white, or no one's just like you know people have. Purple hair. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Like so. There's not. It's. It's. Or people are gold. So there's. N- there's no like really. There's no race. Okay. I would say. No, I, I but understand. I would, yeah. Yeah. I would say if there is the only ra- the only character of race I've seen so far is um, Eros's love interest, mm. and I would say she's a black woman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. But good question to ask. No problems. And well, for me, like I haven't really read anything recently. Um, I think I mentioned in the last one, but I haven't been able to read much because um, for some of our listeners who don't know, like I have multiple sclerosis MS. And so um, I've been Mm -hmm. having something called cognitive fog, which means it's extremely hard sometimes to concentrate and particularly reading and like typing and like doing work online is hard. So I haven't been able to read because literally concentrating to read is, uh, was difficult. It's lifted, thank God. Um, But like for almost Mm -hmm. the whole of December and like the last few months of like November, I wasn't literally unable to read like books and stuff but um Mm -hmm. but i have started back reading this week so for our next podcast i will be discussing books and i intend to read the passage which is the series which is the books that the new the new fox television show is based on so i will Mm. be reading that and give my review of that um for when the show kind of show starting on january the 19th so yes i was ho- gonna ask you that yeah so I'll, i hopefully i should be able to make a comparison between the show and the book and that'll be interesting awesome yeah, yeah i can't wait for that it's just it looks so good and i keep now that i have like a more of an idea of what's going on in the show and i'm just like i don't want fox to hurt me again because they they love to hurt us listen but. oh my gosh fox uh, we know they have a horrible track record and this show has mal paul gosselar my boo oh my, my bearded bae and it's like we gotta they hope. just won't let him thrive let let <laughs> let the man live let bay live and thrive please come on like really they cancel really pitch, after pitch, i will forever hate uh, uh lord pitch i love pitch. i'm still not pitch. over i'm still not over pitch being canceled because i had just really gotten into it i was five episodes in mm. when they canceled it and i was just uh. like <sighs> oh, you were five episodes and i was in the second season and it was like this show it was just getting so I didn't have cape. Well, cable's no excuse because it was on Fox. I just didn't have the time to watch it. <laughs> I tried to find time, and every time I would like be behind an episode, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna binge it. And then I saw everyone talking how good it was, and mm. then it was canceled. But I'm looking forward to this one. It looks good. A little black girl is in the lead, so sold. Yes. That has my attention. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Let's fingers, toes, and prayers up. Fingers and toes crossed, and prayers up that Fox does not cancel it. Please, for like Fox, please. Oh, yeah, lift them up. Lift them up in prayer. Lift and them up in non- prayer. Ca- and, and non cancellation prayer. Oh Lord, like uh, <laughs> bless it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bless it. 
Um, <laughs> right. Um, what was I going to say? Oh. So since I didn't read no, a book, ahead. so I'll move on to mm-hmm. my film pick. And so for my mm-hmm. film pick, um, I'm going to discuss Mary Queen of Scots, directed by yes. Josie Rourke Ooh. and starring Saoirse Rowan as Mary, Mary Strip. Um, the the Scottish monarch and Margaret Robbie as Queen Elizabeth the first, you know, the first mm. Queen of England, and this film, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> um, honestly, <laughs> it's a beautiful film. Like the the costume design is beautiful. The gowns are amazing. The mm-hmm. I think the cinematography is really is really well done. The score, I love the score. Um, mm. There's a particular score. There's a particular theme and. Every time I heard it, I kept thinking of Vivaldi's Spring. So I'm wondering if that's probably what the composer was inspired by. But every time I heard it, I just kept thinking Spring um, by, by Vivaldi. Um, but I love the score. The costumes are amazing. The acting is really good. Like everyone, all the actors were like really, really good. Sir Sharon and Margot Robbie were amazing. But, but the caveat is they were not given enough to do, in my opinion. Oh. Uh. In my opinion, and, and I, yeah, no, I was gonna ask. So, like, do you mean like, was it just like their the characters just felt very <laughs> stiff, or like they didn't have much of a purpose? They 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 had a purpose with regards to how we know if you know what the story of Mary Stuart and Queen Elizabeth was, you know who mm-hmm. they were, and I knew how it was gonna end because I know a little bit of that history and stuff. But to mm-hmm. me, they weren't giving enough because. A lot of people were calling this a feminist film. And when I watched it, I'm like, this is not a feminist film because they had no agency whatsoever. Literally, every decision Mm. that these women made was either influenced by men or manipulated and turned around and changed by men. So, like, the only only decision that Mary truly... Like so, so start off. So we're gonna, I'm gonna deal with Mary first, and then Elizabeth. So the only decision that Mary really made for herself, spoilers, people, is mm-hmm. when she left France to go back to Scotland after her husband died. Um, mm-hmm. She decided that she what she decided she was gonna marry for love, and she did. Turns out the man was a freaking cad, though he was no good. Um, mm-hmm. So she made that decision for herself. She she was very she she was very strong willed, which um and so Sharona does that really well. She has she plays like really strong but vulnerable characters really well. Both of them actually were strong female characters and vulnerable, but I wouldn't say they had full agency because every decision they made was basically a waste. Like nothing that they decided mm. for themselves had came to fruition. Everything that that happened was influenced by men, and. It, and I'm sh- and I know that's probably what it was like back. Um, it that's it's the same way now when men are manipulating um, politics and everything. But the way how they're mm-hmm. portrayed is like I wouldn't call this a feminist film. If anything, I would say this is a film that exposes how men manipulate women, how men always have their own agendas and they never really support. Because the whole thing with Mary is they the church when she was Catholic, and so Scotland at that time and England they were going. This is when they were going. Um, through the, the was I want to say reform it was in the Reformation, um, but it oh, came. Yeah. But I it know came. What yeah, because this is after um, Elizabeth Fath, which was Henry VIII. You know, he he broke away from the from the Catholic Church to start the Anglican Church, the Protestant Church, because yeah. he wanted to get divorced, and the Catholic Church was like, "No, you can't get divorced." So he was like, oh, "Well, bet 
I'm gonna go and start. I'm gonna go and start. Um, I'm gonna go start my own thing. Um, so, but so so Mary. So so there's that whole thing about the the their house. So their family, but they're they're these women divided by by sea because Mary's in Scotland and Elizabeth is in England. But they're also divided because of politics. Because these men are trying to tell them you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't trust her, and mm. and so that's what's happening. And for me, Mary could have like. She, I think to me, if anything, she had more agency than Elizabeth. Yeah, the, of course, the film uh, is titled Mary Queen of Scots is mostly from her perspective. But mm-hmm. um, with regards to how the characters are portrayed and written, Mary definitely has more agency. Like she stood up for herself to me way more, um, way more stronger than Elizabeth, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah. And, and, but she was surrounded by men who kept, who kept betraying her. Both of them kept betrayed, but Mary kept was betrayed by men. Like there was this guy, he was, I guess you could say like a, a pastor, a Protestant pastor. And he was like telling the people, they didn't have a problem with her being a monarch and ruling. They were like, she, she can't rule simply because she's a woman. Right, and this is how it was then. But like the way how in how the narrative works, it it it, I don't know. There's just something about them that didn't make it feel feminist because like they had no real agency for themselves. And now moving on to mm. Elizabeth, uh, played by Margaret Robbie, um, she kind of broke my heart because there's this there's this line she keeps saying where she's no longer a woman, she's a man, she's ruling as a man, but. Mm. You're ruling as a man, but then you're still have, but you're, but you're still being, you still have other men who are not listening to you, who are like usurping every yeah. your position, who are usurping every decision that you made, right? And I'm like, she's, mm-hmm. you, it's like she's trying so hard to be a ruler who, um, who a ruler who who is who makes up her mind and a ruler who who will stand by who will stand her ground and stand up for herself and stand up for her people in her country but then you can't have the line say i'm a man i'm ruling as a man and then literally there's a scene where it's literally she's almost saying i'm actually a puppet queen right i'm like mm. like what's like exactly what's the messaging supposed to be like she's so she's a figurehead this is kind of like how Brit- the british parliament is now like you have the queen and the monarchy and they're basically figureheads where the mob the parliament is who really runs True. the country um so i'm wondering if that's the message that they were intending to make or if that's just because i know how the history and like the politics work but that's the message i was getting I'm like you keep saying you're a man and you're ruling as a man but you're not being listened to as though you're a man Mm. Right and but yeah, so it, it so like that kind of bothered me. And then the other thing that bothered me is the film is very is I would say very diverse when you compare it to other f- period films because other period films are very um, homogenous as as I would say where they're like it's all always all white people right and like especially mm-hmm. if they're based in England and Scotland or like Ireland those kind of films are always all white people where people like the directors and the casting directors forgot by the way people is out color existed in Europe at this time hello like you had because they had the the you had people you had Europe trading with China um, and Asia mm-hmm. because you, you had the Silk Road and you had them trading with Africa so but and then you know you had slavery but um yeah but then the whole other thing is like I'm Kudos to the director for casting people of color, like um, especially more prominently Gemma Chan. She played, uh, she was a pleasant surprise. I literally gasped in the cinema. Wait, Gemma Chan? Gemma Chan. Yes, girl. Oh. girl from Humans and from Crazy Rich Asians. I literally gasped Our when face. I saw her in the cinema. I was like, I was like oh. 
that's Gemma Chan. And my sister was like, isn't that the girl from Crazy Rich? I'm like, yes, yes, it is. I'm not my sister. Oh my I was God, with, with my friend. And she was like, isn't that the... I'm like, yes, yes, it is Gemma Chan. And I love seeing mm. that. But, and then they were like, especially... And I would say also that a lot of the, the black, for the black characters, and they were different colors. So like different shades, I should say. So you had like really, really dark skin, black people, mm-hmm. both on the British side and on the Scottish side. And you had okay. um, some characters who were like Curly Mulatto or whatever. And then there were other characters who were like Spanish. Um, and then there's this one particular character, David Arezio. So hmm. he was, his character is, again, spoiler, is gay. And he actually ends up sleeping with um, Mary's husband, Lord, um, mm-hmm. I think is Lord Hudley, on their wedding night. Now, here's the thing. He ends up getting betrayed by Lord Hudley because they needed to, they, the, the men were trying to, um, we basically um, dethrone Mary. They were trying to take her off of the throne. Mm-hmm. So they set up this whole plot of like framing um, saying that Arezio is the one who got her pregnant even, even though they knew that Arezio was gay. But the thing is that really bothered me is how they killed him. This character was killed so brutally and I think it's probably one of the oh, most brutal damn. deaths I've ever seen on film. And this is saying a lot mm. for pure film because we know um, violence in period films is like like rampant but this character was like stabbed like multiple times so picture what happened to julius caesar on the um oh wow yeah so you know he got stabbed by literally all the members of parliament and so like you know that whole et to brute and they literally did that that's literally how it turns out because what happened is Hali is the last person stabbing because they're like you signed this order you have to stab him he didn't want to but he did but what happens is well while, while he's mm. being stabbed while david is being stabbed his, he literally gets disemboweled. And you see it. Oh. You see his intestines pour. And it was like, I was horrified. I'm like, what the hell? And the reason it bothered me is there are three deaths in this film. David, uh-huh. Lord Hudley, and Mary. Two of the deaths happen off screen. And okay. the one death we see is the gay man, man of color. I see. What? That, yep, I see. Mm. And that bothered me. And then the other thing that bothered me is another character played by um, this actor that I love. He's in a lot of um, some of my favorite um, like BBC productions. And is he the Earl of Kent? I can't remember his name. Forgive me. Um, but he plays no almost like um, he's... Um, Elizabeth Main Envoy. So he's British and he had he's a lord and he's this is a black man. And they pick this mm. black man and normally I would be like it shouldn't be a problem but it bothered me because he's ends up being an adulterer and he cheats on his wife and like that shouldn't be a problem and like it happens in these kind of films I'm like I'm a, like cheating or whatever but there's something about it where you have the only where you have these people of color being treated and written this way because then all the other people yep. of color, because he's the only other person of color, he's the only other person of color apart from David who uh, who has lines, who speaks. Mm. And then there's, I'm sorry, and Gemma Chan. But like for the black characters, he's the only one who speaks because there are other characters and then there's like a lady in waiting on Mary's side who does not speak. <sighs> And so it bothered me that you have the only black character who is, who speaks, who is, turns out to be a complete jerk, a bastard. And then Arezio is killed and Gemma Chan is the only other, the only other, the only woman of color who actually speaks in the film. 
Mm. Right. And I know people will say I'm nitpicking or whatever, but I'm like, these are just my thoughts. These are just my ex. These are my opinions. Like other people, I'm sure don't feel the same way, but this is just how I felt. And I'm like, the film could have been better. Like the writing for these characters could have been better. And I just, it bothers me how the hell, what happened to David. It bothers me that the only death we see like this happens to this character. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's like, okay, so like there is a sharp battle scene. And like normally when you watch pure films for battle scenes, like, you know, it gets like super violent, right? Like, um, but there, this battle scene was like sure, and everything was like from the distance, and you didn't really see people like like people got stabbed, but it wasn't like anything gruesome. But for David, it was like his balls literally came out, and like what the hell, yeah. right? It's like exploiting his pain specifically. Yeah, it focused it just... on him, like the camera like held, like you literally saw his his like <sighs> his intestines hanging out, and like he's and the camera like stays on his face, and you see his dying. and it bothered me. Like I was it like, just it doesn't... bothers me. And see, I agree with you because that doesn't make sense. If the, the movie is Mary, Queen of Scots, why not show Mary's death? Well, you could have definitely made his death off scene. Exactly. You said she died, right? Exactly. She died, but we don't see the axe come down on her head, which is which is a, which is a, a camera trick that I've seen many times in like films and TV shows where like, if someone's going to be beheaded, that you see the axe fall, but you never hear, you never see the actual beheading. Like you hear like the head come off or whatever. Which, mm. which doesn't bother me because I don't mind not seeing a head being a person being beheaded, but it's just I, it just bothers me because like Lord Hudley he was killed, but all we saw was the people strangling him, but we didn't see his dead body, we didn't see his dead face like the same mm. way we saw David's. So yeah, that's just my main takeaway from the film. Like Margot and Saoirse were amazing. Like they did like they they were really vulnerable and they they had like great on screen chemistry. I wish we had mm-hmm. more time with them on screen, but yeah. Uh, together because I mean, there was only one scene with them together and like they had really a chemistry but I guess they're going according to history because Mary and from from remember um, they only met probably either once or twice but I wish the scene had been uh, longer if anything because mm-hmm. a lot of the film is actually spent on the men like I need to see I would love to see a time breakdown of how much time was spent on the male characters versus how much time was spent on the female characters that's a good point I mean it would be interesting to see how it like compares against you know like Clarkisha's te- the Kent test mm-hmm. like I imagine it's probably going to get a failing grade oh fail but, for sure because every conversation I mean, is about how they interact with men yeah ugh. but it's like because in all the movies I've seen like I, I mean I've, few, I've seen a bunch of like period pieces and a bunch of them that, that feature um, Queen Elizabeth and she's always kind of like portrayed as this force of nature mm-hmm. as like this very strong willed character so I don't know if they just wanted to do like a complete you know like and who's to say obviously the ones I've seen aren't like historically accurate either like yeah, they're dramas like yeah. um, it, it, it's impossible to say but it, it, it's kind of interesting I guess they want to show that she didn't have much power either even though she's trying to portray that she has power I, I mean I'm, I'm still maybe interested in seeing it I am kind of disturbed by the fact that we see the black gay character being brutal a brutal death yeah when you like what what, what is the purpose of that I, I like, really and honestly don't know like it could have been shown uh, like it could have been done off screen like yeah. all we needed to know was that he died he was murdered we didn't need to see how it happened or even if we saw him get stabbed maybe once yeah. or twice but the like this like like probably like 15 I think it's like probably 15 20 men and like you saw each person stabbing yeah. him and I'm like the hell is this what is this I mean I don't know what I don't know if they're trying to get a message across like yes this is how gay people were treated especially I'm like but I it, mean it, okay it, but, but the, it couldn't the br- be because like, he was gay power. because like this is shit that happened like regularly like I said it was it's, bas- it's okay. basically like reminiscent of what 
happened to Julius Caesar, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm, this is stuff true. that we knew happened, and like, it's about it's about the whole thing. Like, if is it is. It's like everyone is implicating each other. Like they all sign their their names literally on the death warrant, and they're like each person has to take part because you have equal responsibility in this man's death. Understood. Mm-hmm. My problem is it just did not need to be shown the way it was done. Yeah, and that's and I I totally agree. It just seems we always talk about like how people exploit like black pain or like you know like it's shown in a certain way. And I'm just it, yeah, that would leave a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, having it, seen that really too, I'm not. Uh, it's like what is the point of seeing his death like like you said if he wasn't even that big of a character in the whole movie what is the point of him having this super brutal death or why not just why couldn't his death have been off screen exactly like the others yeah um because like, you're saying oh sorry go ahead no um because what i'm saying is like the apart from that the film is worth seeing for both um Saoirse's and margo's um performances like, as i said all the characters were amazing all the supporting cast was amazing it's mm. it's just that that really stuck with me that and how the and, and the lack of agency for the for um for mary and elizabeth like those are the parts that really stuck out mm. for me but but what i will say is i hope more directors take cues from the um from from the director Josie Rourke and how she cast the film, where it's like you have pure films and you can have more, you can have people of color in pure films because people of color existed in Europe at that time. Come on now, mm-hmm. because the only other period uh, film that, where I can say you had black people speaking a speaking role would be Bell by Ama Asante. Um, mm. So, and then on, then you also have films like um, Amistad by Steven Spielberg, um, but. Like we do need more pure films to show that people of color, black people, existed in Europe, and they weren't only slaves. They had positions of power because you had people like the Moors who were in Europe, and they had they were lords and ladies and mark and mark and marquesses, and and dukes and that kind of stuff. And they had position, they had power. So we do need to see mm-hmm. more films like that. So I, I that's one take. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly because I'm tired of people arguing like there were no black knights or there were no black there weren't black people until the civil rights I'm like y'all do know we've been existing since the beginning of time too mm-hmm. like we've been here and because y'all ancestors ancestors like slavery so much we was there too like it, I, I just think it's crazy when like there's been um, period pieces and people are shocked to see a person of color there I'm like you know people can move mm-hmm. like there's these things called boats <laughs> and land migrations people <laughs> Mig- migration it happens naturally or by enslavement so people found their way there mm-hmm. I mean also marriages that ha- political marriages people yep. found their people of color found their way there too uh, it's just it's, yes I'm just I'm, I'm completely for more characters of color in these period pieces for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I'll definitely I'll give that a try I'll, I'll try to still have an open mind to it but like thank you for the heads up about like them just not having as much agency because that's a let down for it to be described as a feminist film yeah, it's not, too I would not call it yeah. a, like in my opinion mm. I wouldn't call it a feminist film like you no. know they you know they was trying to spin it that way for sure though to try and be like look at how woke we are <laughs> If anything, I would uh, say it's just a it's a fem- it's a film that shows how men can exploit and manipulate women. Um, even even mm. when you're a queen, right? Like men will still True. try to do their best to like control you. Like patriarchy is still strong, even if you're even mm. if it's a, a, a female monarchy. Damn, I don't know if that makes me depressed man. or not. Yeah, I know, right? It's like man, men is shit. Basically, that was my whole thing. My whole takeaway too, like men are trash. 
Men are trash. Men are trash. Men are trash. This is the, actually the premise for a lot of films this year, actually. Some of my top films this year, that was a whole takeaway. Men are trash. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, okay, so moving on to film for me. I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, global, sorry, Golden Globe winning mm. movie, mm-hmm. as we are now talking about it, because... Huh. I'm a, uh, let me just read the, the quick summary. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse introduces Brooklyn teen Miles Morales and the limitless possibilities of the Spider-Verse, where more than one can wear the mask. And that I just kept it short and sweet because I feel like I want people to go and watch it. I'm not going to give a full recap of like the plot and everything. I'll give a brief one, but... Most of us are familiar with Miles Morales, that he is like in the Spider-Verse as we know it. Like we know that Marvel deals with like multiverses all the time. And this one is dealing with Miles, who's in an alternate parallel universe where he exists and he becomes a Spider-Man. And he's introduced to other Spider-Men from other alternate universes because, you know, villains gonna villain. Mm. And they they gotta mess with the space-time continuum paradox thingy. <laughs> or what I can't remember what they called it, but like black holes and stuff and folks messing with things they shouldn't. So basically Miles is this young, he's like 15. He's, he's I just, the introduction to the, the introduction, like when we see Miles, and this is a clip that's on Twitter even, is like, you see him, like you're introduced to him in the movie where he's just like singing Sunflower, the song that's a part of the soundtrack. Yeah. And he's just in his room. He's just like drawing and he's just like singing along to something. Like, this is like the perfect introduction. And you get a really good grasp of who the character is. You see around his room, you see like the things he's into, you see that he's a smart kid and all this stuff. He's just, he's just a kid. And I'm like, this is, this is joy. This is beautiful. And I have to say, I'm so impressed with the style of how this movie was animated. It just, I had to remind myself, this is the same studio that made the Emoji movie. Like, it's the same. (laughs) And I'm just like, and I just, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this is the same studio that made that terrible Emoji movie. That's why you call it animated glow up. (laughs) Yes. Glow up for real. I mean, granted, there there were people who worked on, like, the Lego movie (laughs) and, uh, and on this project, so, like, maybe that like brings in a lot of the creativity but it's just like it's so it's unique i've never seen an animation like this before yeah and it's just like um you, we were talking about it earlier like it just the power of animation man and it's not a it's okay we know marvel is a disney property but it's not like disney didn't animate this it's an animated movie yeah that sony did and I'm just like, the last time, I feel like Disney has really dominated CGI or 3D or however, like computer generated animation for so long yeah. that it is very refreshing to see something new and just like eye popping in like in a, in a long feature film like form. And it's just, it's a beautiful story where like Miles is like learning how to become a Spider-Man and like, so from the story from the comic books, do you do you I know you haven't seen it yet. Do you mind if I spoil a little bit? Listen to me. One thing I would say, spoilers um don't spoil anything for me because when I see the film, it, it's not cuz I I especially for a film like this because of the visual concept, like I mm-hmm. knowing what's going to happen isn't necessarily going to spoil it for me because I, I'm still going to get to see what happens. And it's like I I True. watch films like over and over and over, right? Like I can watch like films multiple yeah. times. So like I know what's going to happen, but I'm still surprised and I still notice something new every time. <laughs> so spoil away. Tell me. Okay. Okay. So the story most people know from the story of Miles is that in his universe, his the Spider Man, the Peter Parker dies. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of got that Miles from the trailer. Witness, 
Yeah. And that's kind of like a thing. Like Miles is a witness to it. At first they meet and they're like, oh, you're just like me. I was like, don't worry, kid. I'm going to help you. I'm going to I'm going to teach you what I know. I just got to stop this bad thing from happening. Yeah. I'll let y'all find out what that bad thing from happening is. So Miles feels so helpless. Like you see like Miles' fear and his stress and his anxiety and everything like in in the facial expressions. That's again, the animators did an amazing job. But he just feels so distraught. Like he has these powers now and he just feels helpless. Like he can't save the Spider-Man that he's known and that like really makes him feel like really depressed and sad. Yeah. So then enters Peter B. Parker, who <laughs> I just relate to him so Is much. This the pig? You said Peter P. Parker? Huh? Is this the pig one? Peter um no, not the pig. <laughs> the he's the older Peter. Oh, the older like guy, Peter the one that B. Was the trench coat. Yeah, oh, okay, and yeah. he's the one. He came through the portal. He is tra- and he trains Miles. He's like, but he is like, he's been doing the job for 20 something years. He's the Peter Parker that has gone through all the stressfulness <laughs> of being Spider-Man. I'm just like, my marriage ended. <laughs> We're divorced. My aunt is dead. This happened. This happened. I'm depressed. I binge eat. I can't sleep. I'm like, wow, Peter B. Parker is going through it and he is us. He is us for sure. You're like, I just feel like, <laughs> like this, yes, like the stress and everything. I'm like, I relate and you don't have to drag my life. Um, but so it's just, it's nice to see, like, you know, he you see them bonding very quickly I, I just like how in an animated movie i don't i don't know why i feel like this i just feel like the chemistry in between characters comes across very easily yeah then like sometimes like it's not as much of a challenge when it's a live action that comes that's really great, well done and then like you just see get to see other characters in action you get to see spider gwen um other spider other spider men from different parallel universes, like Nick Cage voices, I can't, Spider-Man something, something. I can't remember them all. I'm not like a comics expert, y'all. But that's that's just like a great thing about it. It's just like you're introduced to a bunch of great characters in such a little, and like it's under two hours, but still you're introduced to like a bunch of great characters, which you know is going to open up the doors for them to do more with this yeah. in the future. But, and the franchise will grow. Yeah, they already, I think they already announced the Spider-Gwen film. Mm-hmm. They already announced yeah, Spider-Gwen. They did announce, yeah. yeah, they announced the Spider-Gwen film and they're gonna like it's gonna be mostly female led. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Like I think they hinted that Silk and Spider Woman will join her. I mean Spider Woman will join her. And um so that'll be interesting to see. I was also thinking like if Sony wants to continue with this animation for like the, the MC like Marvel characters, I was just like, imagine if we could get a Riri Williams, an Ironheart uh, animated movie done in this style. That would be great, but I want I I I want a, Oh, I still want her. Yeah. I want a Riri, Sorry, I want a live action Riri because I want to I want the, oh, for sure. the I want the actors. I want like new actors like yes. uh, you have um Sky Jackson. Oh yeah. And, like, and I think you have Marseille um Martin uh, mm-hmm. from um, from Blackish. You have a lot of these. I want these young women to be given opportunities to like yes. to not only have lead roles but to have lead roles in these kind of things. They want the little girls to see. But if they mm-hmm. were to do, uh, you know what? No, I want them to stick to to live action because let Sony do the animation because that this is what mm-hmm. they're excelling at, and let mm-hmm. Marvel keep with the with the live action. I think, and that mm-hmm. way you get like the different um, mediums that we can see True. these stories being told in like so everything isn't one is everything isn't the same yeah and i guess my whole thing is like i i'm greedy i want them all yeah because i i feel like 
if, like if y'all ain't go, if they don't plan on bringing Lunella, like you know Moon Girl mm. and um, Double Dinosaur, is it, is it Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur? Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. If they don't plan on bringing them into like the live action movies until like ten years from oh, now, no. I'm like, because I, I just I don't know what their I don't know what their plans are. They've been talking about like how there may be an animated series or movie for America Chavez. Mm, so okay. it's like okay, I could see in like and Miss Marvel. So I mean, like I see that could be the path that those things take, and I don't. I guess that means like, does that mean y'all aren't gonna do them, or will y'all do them eventually? Because, you know, Infinity War is coming, and we know people are gonna die, oh and people are gonna retire. And I'm just, I'm saying this for the record: Shuri is not going to become Riri. I need y'all to understand. We need to if, oh, if we're you going have to have the tweet that the that I was thinking. The guy was like, "Oh, she could play like they could put the two characters <sighs> together." Like that makes no sense. Yeah. One, like no, we we need I'm just, more. I'm like. I'm tired of explaining that. Like, I get that y'all love Shuri and that she's a technological genius and it'd be great to see her in an Iron Man suit, but Shuri is her own person mm-hmm. and she has her own arc. Mm-hmm. And if she wanted to make a superpowered suit, it would be better than Iron Man. So there's no reason why she would take on Iron Man's mantle and his legacy. Mm-hmm. We should just get our we should just get our own Riri mm-hmm. and have her and they can she can have her own agency and we can have that with a different character and it doesn't have to be a mandala and it doesn't have oh, like Lord. there are there are more black girls in this industry and and we need these roles so and, i'm just saying <laughs> listen when i saw that tweet that's why i, I tweeted that i'm like i don't even have the energy because like there was the whole surveillance or kelly thing going on but i was like i do not have the energy to get into this discussion right now but just no oh, just no can, no 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 no, no, no. For, for, no no just no we can put that at the end of this episode <laughs> if we have any, like, I feel like I have feelings. I'm just tired many, of many it. Many, feelings. <laughs> Meaningful. Oh, I'm sorry. But did you get back for me to wrap up my review? Um, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It is an award-winning film, as we have already seen. I'm going to be very impressed if it, uh, it is it nominated for the Oscars or have they announced? Oh, no, they haven't announced that yet. I don't think, um, no, they haven't announced. It's, um, it's in Oscar contention. February? So, like, the, now is uh, um, the ballots have probably been sent out I'm not sure um, Got it. <laughs> but yeah so if it wins and I want it to win mm-hmm. don't mind there's other there's another anim, um, anime um, Mirai I want to watch that but I I really want Miles yeah. Morales I, I really want Miles Morales to win because the reason I said this is because it I could be wrong and I'm gonna have to do my research but um, like we were discussing before we started recording I think Miles Morales would be the first Afro-Latina animated character that would be, mm-hmm. be the lead in an animated film. And yeah. I'm going to have to do my research to see if he would be the first Afro-Latina character, period, to be the lead mm. in an award-winning, in a best category winning film so i have that's some something i have to research but i have a feeling it would be as far as i can think of it i, I think it's safe to say he, he it would he this would be the first afro-latino afro-latino character superhero mm-hmm. for sure film like the, i like lead mm-hmm. film like i like i think that's safe to say for sure because i can't think of anything off the top of my yeah. head but mm-hmm. i think you're correct too but i mean like again if y'all know something that we haven't known please introduce us to it i would love to check it out yeah um just like if, if there's something that's already won and we're just not aware of it or if it exists and we're not aware of it yeah. but it's just it's it's a perfect it's just so perfect and like talk about representation just awesome i love it 
go watch it. <laughs> this week, um, oh my gosh. Well, probably not this week, but this weekend for sure. I'm going to try my best to go see it. I yes. can't believe I haven't seen it yet, but you know, life ha- life happens. Um, yeah. And, and so next would be for TV shows. And for TV shows, I would like mm-hmm. to discuss Kim's Convenience. Now, um, most of our listeners are American. And season three of Kim's Convenience started today on CBC. But it's a, it's a Canadian show. So most people um, in America won't be able to watch it. But I do implore you to watch yep. seasons one and two on Netflix. Now, the reason I bring it up, even though most people won't be able to watch it, is because um, it's... I think it's a show that needs to that that needs the recognition. Like I love the show. It's, um, I think it's my currently my favorite, um, one of my favorite comedies on TV, apart from The Good Place. And I just love the characters, right? Because it stars um, Jean Yoon as Oma, um, Andrea Bang as her daughter Janet, um, Paul Sung Young Lee as Appa, Simu Leung as Jung, their son, and Andrew Fang as Kimchi. So, and Nicole Power is Shannon. So these are the main characters and it's an ensemble cast. Now, the reason I love this show, it's funny, it's like laugh out loud funny, and it's so endearing, it's sweet, but they deal with a lot of issues like really respectfully and really sensitive um in a really um, mm. respectful manner um like they talk about um and like for like most people know canada and especially in toronto is a very culturally and ethnically diverse city and i just love how we see different people of different ethnicities and cultures and different races um existing mm. in this space right because um Amma and Appa, they own a convenience store of course today and like we see people interacting daily with them of like you see Muslim women wearing hijab or without hijab you see Ethiopian people you see Somali people and there's always little cues mm-hmm. that let you know their the cultural identity and the ethnicity of the characters even if they're just like side characters and they're just like walk on characters walking into the story like there's always a cue that lets you know um, who they are and what their culture is because like sometimes they might discuss food or they might discuss um you know what I mean or they might discuss an event and then you're like okay you know who this person is you know what they are and there's that aspect of it that i love but then there's the comedy it's like it's the the writing is so um so honest and is and like the things that like especially appa says like he's so he's he's so ridiculous <laughs> and he gets himself <laughs> in these situations and it's like it's hilarious and i love his relationship with amma and um and like they're they're like they make fun of each other so much, but they're also so respectful to each other. Like, um, if like one thing about them I love is they communicate. And when if there's a problem, they let each other know what the problem is, right? They don't do this whole stewing and like get let things blown out of proportion. Like they deal with the situation and they communicate and they talk to each other, which is something that needs I wish we saw more in um TV and film. Like you see couples like communicating and Mm-hmm. And there's that, and um, and then there's then there's the the other characters like Kim Chu and 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 Jung are best friends, and their 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 relationship is funny and like hilarious, and I just love the show. There's I love so much about it, and I wish more people could see it um live, because it started today that we're recording, which is January eighth. But as I said, you can watch seasons one and two on Netflix, and. The more people that watch it on Netflix, the more people that will be that the, the quicker they'll get the season three on, and then hopefully we'll get more seasons. We'll get a season four, season five, you know, going on. Um, but yeah, I love the show, and you know, you watch, you've seen the you've seen the first two seasons, right? Yes, I love it so much. I've watched it three times. 
Uh, the two seasons because I'm in America and <laughs> they won't give me I can't watch it like y'all Mm-mm. I mean I keep asking I'm I'm just saying who's ever in charge in Canada of this show if y'all could hook a girl up with some simulcast oh like what's that? just what's... have it like you know like when something will be like simul like I think it's like it's short for like simultaneously casting like like so the broadcasting oh, okay. so basically you can have it on your cheat like it could be in in Canada yeah and then we would just get the episode a day later on Netflix because oh, Netflix okay. has been doing that lately with like a weekly updated show oh okay yeah that happens with um a, a lot of the Korean dramas are kind of like that like um like the one that's that's currently showing uh, memories of Alhambra see like when I think Netflix gets in the episode and on our two hours later after it shows on CB, I think it's um I think it's TBS, so so I think I think it's kind of the same thing. And like kind of like oh for us we get Cloak and Dagger I think like the day after it shows for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that definitely is like something. So I'm like I would just love I think, but I agree with you. If more people continue to watch it on Netflix, yeah, um here in the states and other places then maybe that could be a move for it or like i don't know again i don't know how things work um you know when it's a like when it's an international show yeah like i don't know i don't know who makes that decision if it's like a decision between netflix and the show or how or because hulu does it i imagine like but I, i guess again that's another discussion like it's between the show it would be great if netflix could pick it up like i just said do the same um simulcast where they pick up pick it up and they do an hour later but that's between cbc um the canadian broadcasting channel and um and netflix but hopefully that's what they do so if they see how much people like like um the show and love the show because i think it was trending tonight too on on twitter because i was tweeting along so again mm. look out for my tweets every monday night no tuesday help oh, my brain uh, <laughs> every tuesday night it does feel eastern <laughs> To your point, it feels like a Monday, so it's fine. My gosh, my brain! Um, oh, my brain! It's okay. <laughs> it's it's the first full week of the year. We're, we have excuses, um. <laughs> but yeah, I am so excited, and I just really hope it comes onto Netflix like as soon as the season is wrapped up because it's so good. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, I don't even want to ask you for like spoilers of like what ha- what happened with Zhang I, I, and what's her I, name. Well, I didn't really tweet out much about. Zhang and Shannon tonight because I was I was actually trying not to spoil it what's going on with their okay. relationship because it kind of ended on a with I think season two ended with them kissing, um, mm-hmm. but and a cliffhanger. Then there's stuff going on, but I, I actually when I was live tweeting it tonight I said you know what I'm gonna try to like not tweet about them because I know that's a part that that's um, one aspect of the show a lot of people are looking forward to for this season, so I, I did make the mm-hmm. conscious decision not to tweet too much about their interactions. Um, on Twitter. Oh, that's so sweet of you. But it looks like I'm it's gonna get gonna it from be you in the DMs. It looks like it's gonna be um, some shenanigans and some <laughs> misunderstandings and whatever. I just need the, the two of them are so cute. Like I love the fact that Jung is so um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? He's so when it comes to Shannon, like he's like a bumbling dork. Like he is <laughs> such a dork with her, and I'm just like, what? It's like the the I guess the evolution of their relationship from season one yeah. to season two. One, I'm glad Shannon stopped being so like thirsty for him. Like not in the, and I'm not saying that's about no, because Jung is fine know, yeah, for sure. But I know I know what you mean. Like in season one, she was like super thirsty, and to be honest, like you know, my mom was honest. Like it did. It was kind of awkward. I, 
in season one, it was like, yeah, I've been watching it, but then in season two, like, they're better, but I think they settled into the character and they settled in, like, for the writers and directors, like, they settled into how they wanted to portray it for season two, so that works. Yeah. But, but, I think that's a good way, yeah, that's an excellent way of putting it, just because, like, I just loved how, like, their whole, like, they're friends and everything, you could tell that she has a crush on him, yeah, I've and been then there. you were like, I've been there, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, ah, I can't wait, I'm, see, now I'm gonna have to just rewatch seasons one and two again. Oh my god, but, but yeah, but I love the, and also the thing is, is like, it's also like, it kind of like breaks the mold of the stereotype and it actually mm-hmm. does remind me a lot of the K-dramas and I would love to speak to the writers of the yeah. show. Whereas for K-dramas, um, what, and it's a Korean, like the characters are Korean in Kim's Convenience and I do have to make a comparison to like K-dramas because like with regards to like North American television, when you always have the, the hot muscular guy, like they're always like very self-assured and arrogant and prickish and you know what I mean? And they're like always, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, ooh, I'm going to go after her. What I like about Zhang yeah. is like when it does come to Shannon, like he is a bumble, as we said, a bumbling dart. And I love that because it kind of flips the trope mm-hmm. on, their, on his head. Like he's like very on show when he's around her and he, he, like, he gets like shy. And I like that. And like for yeah. K-dramas, it actually happens a lot where you have like, like the the hot lead he's like a lot of some depending on the storyline like they're either like super shy or oh, unsure yeah. around the guy or they're like you know they're like like trying to feel out it's what like to do it's like strong girl bong soon yeah, it's like so, like when like when he starts to realize he likes her and then he just starts acting so goofy and blushing and thinking about her <laughs> Oh God, I love that. Listeners, can you tell from my voice how much I love those that show, those characters? <laughs> that also, that's also Netflix. So go watch Stronger Dubonson. <laughs> oh but my God, yes. it's such a good show. Uh, this is what we. And again, as a reminder, we will be having our K drama roundup episode. It just things got delayed, but uh, okay. So I love it so much. Okay, we gotta get well, off this train because this train we can go on for like ever talking about K dramas. I know. <laughs> We will. I mean, we definitely oh will. So, uh, okay, great. good good recommendation. Of course, you know how much I love it. And I'm like, hope y'all, if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. And if you already have, watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're like me and in the States. Um, okay. So my show that I watched was Three Below. So at tale, uh, Colin Tales of Arcadia. Yeah. So you, I've talked about Troll Hunter on here before. Yes. Um, so this is a continuation of Troll Hunter. So okay. Troll Hunter, it, it's weird. So it's they're all in the same universe and everything. Um, Troll Hunter came to its com- like completed, and I use air quotes completed because I'm sure I feel like you know there's going to be some you know thing where they all collide again together in some way or whatever. But anyway, so this is a continuation of that universe. It's called Three Below, but and it's again it's. A- executive producer and creator is Guillermo del Toro who is one of my favorites <laughs> uh, I, I just love it's so much everything like how character design and everything he touches is just it speaks to me so sorry getting distracted so the show is about two royal siblings extraterrestrial siblings Princess Aja and Prince Krell of House Terran their dog Lug and their barrio Varvatos Vex and they escape from their home planet Arc. Acheridian 5 and crash land on Earth in the city of Arcadia, which is where Troll Hunter takes place. Um, they have to then adapt to human culture and try to fix their spaceship to return and take back their home planet, which is being taken over by an evil dictator known as General Val Morando. So this is very it's a it's a very different take from what Guillermo del Toro did with Troll Hunters. That one is more, you know, um, 
rooted in Arthurian legend, and this one is more rooted in um, sci-fi. Mm, okay. I, I do, but again, that's not that's not a bad thing. But it's just it's so awesome how he's taking like Arthurian legend cartoon and then like fitting in the extraterrestrial sci-fi Aliens. show together. So it's just really well done and I like how they one thing I really liked is just like that so the whole episode they kind of made a thing about like you know with immigration currently the issues of immigration going on right now yeah um they so one of the things they did is just like we the disguises that they take on the spaceships is like we'll give you forms that people will not recognize or like well not 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 recognize but like won't pay attention to so they said like one is a latino one is a woman and one is an old man right and like with the per the person who's disguised as a latino is prince krell and so throughout the entire series there's like this thing it's like you know dog whistle but it's like it's done purposely where they keep saying alien mm-hmm. like the the human characters the human characters refer to him as an alien and they like they really keep on hitting on like he's not so people like him aren't good at math or people like him aren't supposed to be this smart so it's their way of like really getting across the fact of like you know this is an issue or like getting across that message to I guess like a younger audience of understanding like having more tolerance right. and want equality and understanding that just because someone is different or like traditionally supposedly traditionally don't doesn't do well in a subject there's like a whole episode dedicated to where they're like saying that he cheated because he's smarter than everyone else huh. and I'm just like huh it's just like it's frustrating because like I've been in that position where it's like being a being the kid of color in a classroom and being like getting the highest grade yeah. and then being accused of like well how did you get an A you must have cheated mm. and I'm just like I'm like I'm glad this episode happened because it's like you know what it's definitely something that's timely especially like with immigration going on, like the sh- just the shit show we have going yeah. on here with immigration and people just. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get into politics on here. I'm going to take a breath. Um, it's just, it's frustrating to see how people do, to, to see that. But I think they just really did a really good job of handling it. Um, I love sci-fi. So if y'all like sci-fi, I think this is a good show. Um, yeah, so it's out. It's all, the first season is 13 episodes. It's just really nice to see like different stuff coming from Gimel del Toro like this. And I hope in the end, we're still going to get more things. There's another one that's going to be called Wizards Tales of Arcadia. So that's going to be the one that follows up this show next. Oh, okay. So yeah, definitely check it out. And what, where can they, where can people find it? Oh yeah, people can find that on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix too, right? Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Netflix is doing the dang thing. They, they like, like mm. yeah. Did you see the little promo video they did with like all these creators, like the animation creators no, and stuff? Like, it was, I didn't. I'll have to find. I'll, I'll find the link and I'll put it in the show notes. But it was like, have you heard of Gravity Falls or? Yes. Um, so Gravity Falls, the creator of Gravity Falls, the creator of She-Ra, Guillermo del Toro, like there's just a bunch of stuff. Like basically Netflix has gotten all these creators. Yeah. So the, they basically have like a first look agreement with Netflix. And it's like having a first look agreement with Netflix is a huge thing because that gives you a lot more freedom. It does. Than if you were with, yeah, with them. Like then if you were with um, Disney or if you were with Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon, like this gives these creators like true freedom to tell the stories they want to Mm -hmm. tell um, and not really feel that restricted. Not saying that like they can't 
do it on other platforms. I just think it's awesome yeah. that we're going to get a lot of work from these creatives because like animation isn't just for children. I've, I'm very strong advocate that it's for everyone. It's for anyone of any age. And I think it's great that like Shira I enjoyed was awesome. I enjoyed like all the animated things that Guillermo del Toro's done. Mm-hmm. I love Gravity Falls, so I can't wait for whatever Alex Hirsch is gonna bring to Netflix and scare us at night with. But it's just it's all really good. So and there's even more things that are coming. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll be I'll try to find that link and post it in the show notes. And with that. I think we are done. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. I'm going to have to look Did it we up. Wanna... I have like an extremely long watch list. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, um, we had kind of mentioned it earlier. Did we want to talk about that Amandala Stamberg clip? Uh, yes. The whole thing about um, Riri, about casting her as Riri. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about her clip about the Nazi oh, movie. Oh, you mean we're has such Oivy. Um, <laughs> we don't have to. I'm fine without it. Uh, I'm just to see I, but I, I as someone who has not seen the film because I didn't see it at TIFF but I will admit like what I wish had been done is I wish it was taken more from a what's the word I'm looking for biographical point of view because it is based mm. on a story and I wish it was done Got more it. as a but you know what I mean? Like a biopic rather mm-hmm. than a straight up romance. You know what I mean? Like, um, yes, I, I wish it had been done like that or a documentary because um, I, I watched a lot of documentaries and I've watched a lot of documentaries on the Holocaust and and um, Europe at that time. And we whenever people do documentaries on the Holocaust and on the and on what and the 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 rise of the Third Reich and Axis, they always you 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 never see the fact that black Germans or people of color Germans existed mm. in in Germany at that time, and that they were black yeah. Jews, and you never see that. And I wish True. we got more documentaries and more films from about people of color and about black Jews in Germany at that time. And I it, it's it's kind of sad that this is the first film like this and this is the way reception was done like I I, I like I really like Ama Asante as a director like I said Belle is literally one of my favorite movies and yeah. she did a great job with Belle and I do like her other film um gosh the one with David Oyelowo and Rosamund Pike the name escapes me now um but and where has such was a film that I was looking forward to, but I, I I do have to be honest, like the fact that it is look it it is takes such a melodramatic stance and from the clips that I mm-hmm. saw and the things that were said by the characters, I was like, I I can't. But I do wish we had more yeah. documentaries more documentaries about black Jews in Germany during the Holocaust, before and after. Um so yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean my stance is I'm kind of worn out on the whole the oppressed falling in love with the oppressor story and it's not to say that these stories didn't happen I'm just I'm really tired of it like oh they're star-crossed lovers Mm -hmm. she's black and in Germany and he's a Nazi I'm just like do y'all understand that it's really like this is a it's a lot it's a lot to unpack like it's it's just like, and I'm waiting for the day that they're gonna announce a selling Hemings oh my story. God. Don't even, and don't even. <laughs> I, I pro- and it's sad. I don't want her story to be told because I know how they're gonna tell it. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna try and romanticize her and Jefferson, and I'm just like, that was rape. Yep. 
it, that is right yep. and it's just like it's it's the whole like t- taking the oppressed and having them fall in love with the oppressor and it's it, even if it's like oh well he wasn't really a nazi and he didn't believe in their values i'm like uh, but he's a nazi he's a nazi he would have had to do something he would have had to like he's for mm-hmm. goodness sakes there's a scene where they're like doing the whole like star crossovers thing in a concentration camp yes oh, hey, come on uh, in a concentration camp uh, which there's again there's nothing romantic about a, concent- a freaking concentration camp no there is nothing nothing Just and no. who's to say that like I mean from the books I've read during school and like in history is like we are aware that like black people were in Germany at this time and that some like at least some of the books hinted like that they were either killed right away i don't know if any were ever put into concentration camps yeah. but it's just like these are people that like are being killed because the nazis who believe they are the perfect race it should be superior well, over which them is kind of so it's like how could hitler looked nothing like an aryan like the man was short dark haired uh, like, right hmm. R- exactly and it's just like I just I I'm tired of the star-crossed lovers yeah. with people who are like the oppressed and the oppressor <sighs> and y'all not taking into consideration like the psychological damage that the oppressed like thinks about like oh well I guess I'll fall in love with them because I, I won't maybe they won't kill me mm. like but th- like I've said before it's just like I think people sometimes don't take that into consideration when they write stories like this so I agree with you I think if they're gonna do a story like that with black people being in Germany during World War Two and all and all that going on it would have been better told as a documentary mm-hmm. than as a romance or by as a biopic if it really happened. But uh, but then I'm sorry, you said there was another thing because you was it your tweet about someone wanting her to play Riri? Uh, yeah, about would, someone wanting her to play Riri. Um, you know, like um, Ironheart and <laughs> I like people like she. First and first, Amanda Steinberg is not the only black um actress, young black actress in Hollywood. One. Two, she's biracial. Yes, agreed. Three, she's not mm-hmm. dark skin because you can have dark skin biracial people. She's not dark mm-hmm. skin. Like, no, the point of the matter is when you cast certain characters, you need to representation matters. We need to see dark skin characters. Riri is dark skin. And yes. I want her played by a dark skin actress. Please, yes, and thank you. Like, that's, like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, that's not too much to ask. No, that, like, and, it's literally and, not and that that's hard. Not, it's not that hard. And the thing is, like, the talent is out there. It's about giving them the chance. It's like, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to, everyone is so focused on, like, well, she's in everything. I'm like, she doesn't have to be in everything. And this is nothing against Amanda Stamberg or, like, Zendaya. And, and she, but yeah. it's like, Hollywood loves a certain type of black yeah. girl. And it's like, y'all don't like us again until we're, like, Gabrielle Union's age. Mm. Or like until we're like at that per- like or like Viola Davis exactly. or Regina King is like y'all wait like I like there was a dis- we had a discussion about this like not too long ago about like can we name any popular like black a- dark skin black actresses the- under the age of thirty between role. like mm-hmm. fifteen to thirty in like major roles and I'm just like nope. besides that girl on Star Ryan Destiny. I can't think. I'm like it's hard pressed. I'm hard pressed to like find but someone that was a TV like who show. I can think that wasn't of. even a film. Exactly. That's a TV show. And it's like and she's not even the lead on there. Mm-mm. But it's like y'all don't give them the opportunity to have these roles and like that's the whole reason why we're just like so adamant and like and of course yes we have Letitia Wright but like she's Shuri already we want more roles so we want more characters. So yes. Just 
Amandala doesn't have to play every character. And yes, you're right. Riri is designed is like designed as a dark skinned black woman, so she should be played by a dark skinned black woman. Exactly. Like, oh, sorry, black girl, even. Right, because she's a teen, right? Because I think she's about 14, 15? She's 15 in the comic books when she becomes Ironheart. And I'm just like, it just, it would just mean a lot to see that, first Mm -hmm. off. Because, again, we don't see dark-skinned black actresses. I mean, I'm looking forward to Bruja, Bruja Sempre, Sempre, Sempre Bruja. Dang it. Camera, the... It's about the witch, the Dominican witch on oh, Netflix. Netflix. It's coming yeah, out. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Like, and that looks really good. That looks like it's going to be good. But it's, again, my point is because I haven't seen it much. But yeah. Um, sorry, I know we ran a little long, y'all. But that's about it. Carolyn, do you have anything else to say? Uh, no, that's about it. The only thing we have now are announcements. And um, what do we have for announcements? Um, okay, so Punisher oh, is you starting have- on Netflix yep. on January the 18th. Um, the Passage is starting on Foss on January 19th. Yep. Um, what else? Oh, you've got some things um, getting ready for. Um, oh, there's also Horror Noir, which is a horror documentary about black women in film by the executive produced by Tanariv um, Ju. You can find her on, on on Twitter. We're gonna link the links to that as well. Um, so, and that's mm-hmm. gonna be actually. I think it's gonna be on Shutter. Like there, there is gonna be released on Shutter, mm, and yes. it's a documentary about black women and black people in horror films. Um, so the, I'm looking Yay. forward to that. That's coming out in early February, and for me, um, we, um, Lanisha and I are att- are intending to attend some festivals this year, um, representing yes. the podcast and as press. So like there's South by Southwest, which is coming up in April. Um, there's San Diego Comic Con in June. There's TIFF mm-hmm. in September, and then there's the Busan Film Festival in um, Busan, South Korea, which um, I'm I would love to attend. Um, so that's mm-hmm. our those are major plans and events for this year. So we're gonna have, we have our PayPal account. So we appreciate anything that you guys can donate to us to help us to attend the festivals. We've already been approved as press for South by Southwest, and we've applied for San Diego Comic Con. And so, um, yeah, so we, we would appreciate um, any donations that you guys can give, you know, spread the word around. Um, we, we would love to be able to like add our voices to the dialogue about film and anime and TV shows. And so and so we'd appreciate anything you can give. And uh, thank you again, listeners, for listening to our podcast. Like we started this in 2017 and we can't believe that it's still going that people listen to us. Thank you again. It's been fun. Yes. And I can't, look, can't wait to see what we do for 2019. Exactly. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, anything you can give, we appreciate it. Y'all are awesome. Thanks for keep listening to us. And yes, let's just see where 2019 goes. All right, that's it for us. Join us next time for another episode. Until then, bye. Bye.